Welcome, welcome to Not a Hoax, Not a Dream. My name is Ben Rathbone, and I'm writing this in the weird time between Christmas and New Year that exists only in the mind of God, seen from the perspective of a universe enclosed within a single pollen, floating away from a flower dreamt of by a solitary monk, who wakes to ask the question, did I dream of a reality, or is this waking reality truly a dream? It's like Albert Einstein said in regards to the relative nature of time and space, it's all fucked up in a way y'all didn't even know. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. Speaking of time, I'm not super sure when I'm going to record this, and even less sure when you'll be listening, but I hope you enjoyed a holiday, if there's one you celebrate, or had a good hot chocolate, or built a snowman who then animated to life through the power of questionable magic. As you've noticed, the show's taken a bit of a break during December. You could consider the Phoenix episode the mid-season finale, So while we're putting together the next set of episodes, I figured I'd throw out some bonus episodes because productivity is the relentless beast that drives us all. In episode 16, we talked about how the Flash sacrificed himself to destroy an antimatter cannon poised to destroy the last five remaining universes in existence. He ran so fast that his body's age accelerated rapidly, and he deteriorated into nothingness, leaving only his costume. Years later, in the new millennium, Barry Allen would return, out from the time stream, intact and alive once more. But what if I told you that The Flash actually first returned 18 years earlier, in 1990, and that it didn't happen in a DC comic book at all, but that competitor Marvel Comics brought him back to life? You'd probably tell me, A, I'm a crazy idiot, or B, yeah, you've read Barry Allen's Wikipedia page too. Well, in answer, A, you should watch it with the ableist language, try calling me a wild nonsense person instead. And B, don't feel bad for ignoring the donation prompt like I did. Wikipedia is largely ran by volunteers, and there's good evidence to indicate that the funding goes to a bloated organization of highly paid managers and executives. Anyway, without further ado, let's look at Quasar 17, written by Mark Grunwald, drawn by Mike Manley, colored by Paul Beckton, lettered by Janice Chiang, and edited by Howard Mackey. There is a chance that you know a lot about who Quasar is, but I wouldn't put money on it. The short version on the title page says this. Wendell Vaughn, the first Earthman ever appointed protector of the universe, bonded to the energy-transforming quantum bands that are both weapons and symbols of his station. He fights an ongoing battle to defend all life in the universe from cosmic evil. A couple other things about him you might want to know. His quantum bands allow him to create energy constructs, kind of like Green Lantern, as well as do other powerful things like fly and teleport. In his civilian identity, he manages this security company. His dad is an astrophysicist, and he hangs out with this weird, big, ugly, floating head thing named Eon. On his way back to Earth from his latest adventure, Quasar sees an extraterrestrial being enter the planet's atmosphere. Turns out it's this guy named The Runner. He's one of the elders of the universe, and for aeons, he's traveled the universe trying to find the fastest runners in existence. He's here on Earth to hold a race. The racers he assembles are the Wizard, Speed Demon, Super Sabre, Quicksilver, Makari, Captain Marvel, and the Black Racer. As far as the Wizard, no, this isn't the same one that Scarlet Witch thought was her dad. See episode 15. No, that one died by now. This wizard is a part of the Squadron Supreme, here on Earth after Quasar ran into them while saving the lives of a billion Watchers. 
listen, I can't get into that right now. I'll just take it as a thing that happened. Speed Demon, by the way, is also the wizard. He debuted as a part of the Squadron Sinister, which is almost identical to the Squadron Supreme, but is different. See, this cosmically powerful guy named the Grandmaster created the Squadron Sinister based on the Squadron Supreme to fight the Avengers at one point. Except this was explained later, and the Squadron Sinister actually appears in a comic before Squadron Supreme. Both groups' whole deal is that they are Marvel versions of the Justice League who come from another universe. There's Hyperion, who is like Superman, and Nighthawk, who is like Batman, and the Wizard, who is like the Flash. Finally, Super Sabre is kind of like a Wizard, too, in that his backstory is very reminiscent of the original Wizard. He is this really fast old superhero who fought during World War II. I hope this wizard disambiguation has been helpful. You know that thing where if you say a word enough it sounds fake? Well, I've come all the way around to the other side with wizard. It sounded ridiculous at jump, but now sounds pretty legitimate. As far as the non-wizards, you may know Quicksilver. He's the most famous of these characters. He's a mutant, used to work for Magneto, then became an Avenger. You might also know Makari from The Eternals, but here he is a white dude with no hearing disability. Him and Quasar are best buds. Then there's Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau. She's an interesting addition because she can convert her entire body into various types of energy, and so she doesn't typically run. She flies. The runner tells her she can participate if one of her feet touch down every 50 meters. Otherwise, she is disqualified. Spoilers she will be disqualified. Finally, there's the Black Racer, which is a badass name, so I didn't want to ruin it by looking up her wiki. The race commences, the finishing line, the moon, via a cosmic oxygenated space tube that passes through warp space. Super Sabre, Speed Demon, and Black Racer pull out ahead immediately, but their gap vanishes as they lose stamina and more enduring runners close in. Captain Marvel is on track to being the one to beat when she's DQ'd and ported back to Earth, leaving the Wizard and Makari neck and neck for the lead. Makari struggles to get in front of the Wizard, but we know that the Wizard can run really fast because he's the Wizard. Makari strains his body to the limit and starts to hit a wall. One of his legs falters, but he pushes through the pain. He starts to question his motivations, question his reason for caring whether he's the fastest or not. He doesn't find any answers but decides it doesn't matter. He's going to win whether he has a reason or not. You can practically hear Cakes going the distance as Makari passes the wizard, but Makari doesn't waste any time noticing this fact. He's no longer running against anyone. He's running against himself. But just as it appears that Makari has this on lock, a new challenger appears. About 20,000 kilometers into the cosmic space tube, which is over 100,000 kilometers behind where Makari is, a mysterious puff of smoke and crackle of electricity accompany the appearance of a man. This man is nearly naked, his clothes perhaps ripped off him by whatever process conveyed him to this location. What's left of his outfit is torn red shorts with yellow trim, which clearly used to be part of some larger costume. That and tall yellow boots. The man doesn't know why he's here, or where here is, but he instinctually knows that he's far from home. This is not my space, he says. I'm somewhere else. The last thing he remembers is running, but he doesn't know much else. He doesn't even remember his name. Nonetheless, he feels an electrical energy build up inside him that needs to be released. He runs forward in the space tube, and accelerates to a speed that far surpasses the other runners. 
He passes Black Racer at 49,000 kilometers, then Super Sabre at 67,000 kilometers, and Speed Demon at 81,000. Quicksilver sees nothing but a red blur rush past at 121,000 kilometers. Finally, at nearly 200,000 kilometers, the new competitor makes it past Wizard and Makari and takes the lead. It isn't long until this impossibly fast being makes it all 384,392 kilometers to the moon's surface and wins the race. The elder runner announces the newcomer champion and asks the winner his name, but the mysterious individual doesn't know it. His own name eludes him, but something close pops into his head. Buried alien, he says. It's something like that. The runner asks Buried Alien what it feels like to be the fastest man alive, and the amnesiac answers, It feels... right. Okay, that's going to about wrap things up for this episode. This was a really fun read, but also raises a lot of questions. I have chosen to think about none of them, except one. How could Barry Allen, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I mean Buried Alien, just show up partway through and run past everyone and be declared the winner? Like, is that how races normally work? Can someone just decide to run on the track and compete against all the racers who, like, were planned to be there ahead of time? Okay, I lied. I, I guess I'm not really going to think about that question either. I hope you enjoyed this bonus companion episode to episode 16, The Flash. If somehow you heard this one before that one, you know, that's fine, but you might want to go give it a listen now. It guest stars the Checkered Past podcast, so it's not just me talking the whole time, like here. Speaking of guests, I'm lining up guests for the next episodes now, which will be on Jason Todd in Uatu the Watcher. Real excited for those. Before they publish, expect another bonus episode or so, and maybe another full episode with just myself. The next comic I'll be reading for one of these is the never-before-read-by-me X-Men Teen Titans crossover in which the Phoenix seems to play a prominent role. Thank you for listening. Check the show notes for social media and contact links, including the Patreon, where you could give me a dollar a month to fund a cosmic space tube to bridge together the Earth and the Moon. Lots of logistics involved there, but we'll get it done with your help. If you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, subscribing, and giving the show a good rating and review wherever you're listening. Until next time, keep racing and pacing and plotting the course. Keep fighting and biting and riding your horse. The sun may have gone down and the moon has come up, and long ago somebody left with the cup. But keep striving and driving and hugging the turns, even while thinking of someone for whom you still burn. Friend, keep going the distance. Happy New Year. See ya. Thank you.